Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com, that's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, get you 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
is the determining factor in what ideology will rule your nation, any nation. What is actually the determining factor? We will talk about that today. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday today, and it's going to be sweet. We have, well, pretty much everything on the table with your questions. <laughs> Jesse at jessekellyshow.com if you want to email in or 877-377-4373. Apparently, we're going to be talking about war elephants, poll taxes, and the worst way to die. I've also apparently been stranded on another island, this time a frozen one. Apparently, I have to get off of. You guys love stranding me on islands, but that's okay. uh, I'm basically a a super survival guy by now, Chris, so I'm going to get everyone through it. (laughs) But first, we're going to Rome. We're going to ancient Rome. Why? Well, there was an ideological battle there and a big one. And let's do a little backstory before we get to the story. You see, Rome was a republic. Now, it didn't work exactly like ours works, obviously, but Rome was a republic. Rejected the idea of a king, of a dictator. Just not what they believed in. And they were incredibly proud of this fact. Romans loved being Roman. To be a Roman citizen was something people treasured. People died for it. Quite literally died for it. People would do anything to become a Roman citizen. And it came with many, many perks and privileges. You remember that scene from the Bible? New Testament, so Jewish producer Chris won't be aware of it. But when Paul... He's arrested, he's about to get whipped, and he simply tells them, are you going to whip a Roman citizen? And they freak out. They're like, "Uh, uh, nope, sorry, actually didn't mean that. Can we get you some breakfast on the way out the door, please? That's a real story. That's how it was. Rome was so protective of their citizens, and everyone knew the backlash would be so severe if you harmed a Roman citizen— that it was just, it was, it was a get out of jail free card. It was wonderful. Romans loved being Roman for a while. Then, Rome, as happens to many nations, hint, hint, wink, wink, Rome developed a money problem. Not that there wasn't enough of it, but that there was way too much of it. And the haves, started to gain more and more and more, and they started to use all their money and power to continue to freeze out the have-nots and get themselves more and more wealth. Any of this sounding familiar yet? Essentially, Rome ran into this problem. And it's more complicated than this, but it really boils down to this. Rome kept winning wars. When you won wars back then, you took slaves. Slavery is the currency of virtually the history of mankind. 
Slaves were valuable. I mean, they were. They, you would you would rather have slaves than a bag of gold back then. Slaves were currency. Everyone wanted one. The rich people started piling up slaves, and as you piled up slaves to do everything, and remember this about Rome. Everyone, when they think of slavery, they think about you know, chattel slavery here in America. You you picture some black dude who's got scars all over his back from being whipped or something like that. And obviously there was plenty of that in Rome. I mean, they crucify you for getting out of line over there for if you were a slave. But the, the experience of being a slave in, in Rome could really run the gamut. You could be worked to death in the salt mines. You could get crucified or... You might be a treasured basic member of the household. Their slaves would tutor their children. They would teach people to fight and ride and read and philosophy. The slaves could could have a great life. It just totally depended on what they wanted to use you for. But that actually made the situation even worse. That was a long way of me saying the slaves started to freeze out the middle class. The rich people were buying slaves to do things They were previously paying this guy to do. Now you have many, 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 many people out of work, having to move into poor parts of Rome, unhappy, miserable, as the rich gained more and more land, more and more slaves, and the middle class kept getting squeezed and crushed and pushed down into the lower classes. Hear me now, because this very much applies to America today. Very much so. I don't care what you believe. Politically, religiously, whatever you believe, I don't care. There is a fact out there, whatever you believe. If too much money and power gets amassed in the hands of too few, and then too many people feel like they're getting screwed, there is trouble coming. Period. End of story. The history of mankind says it's so. It is unavoidable. And sure enough, in Rome, we had these brothers, the Gracchi brothers. They arose. And what, what was their thing? Populism. They called them populares. Populism. Our people are getting crushed. These slaves are running our people out. You rich people are buying up all the land. There's nothing for us. And this began a real populist movement there. And after the Gracchi brothers, there were, there were people like uh, Gaius Marius, that famous Roman general. And then there were people who were against the populares, people like Sulla. Sulla with one of the great quotes of all time after he had, well, essentially taken Rome over from the populares after they'd had it. Put everything back in what he considered to be order again by slaughtering a whole bunch of people. And then promptly retires, and Sala, after he retires, says, says what? You know the quote. No enemy ever wronged me, and no friend ever aided me, who I have not repaid in full. That's such a great quote. Uh, anyway, probably not a good guy, really. A bit of a murderer, but still a great quote. And then after Sala. What happened? Who came? Maybe the most famous man in history outside of Jesus? Julius Caesar. This was the time of Julius Caesar. You see, post-Sulla, it was still a republic. Julius Caesar was, by all accounts, and and this this is where our story is going to start getting more difficult for me 
because I don't know who I root for. I am the most biased person in the world when it comes to Julius Caesar. I openly admit it because Julius Caesar was, by any account, an absolute genius. They say the guy could write two or three letters at one time while verbally dictating another two or three to a slave who was writing some down. Like his mind just worked differently. And that awesome story, I've told it before about Julius Caesar being held hostage. Remember that story? You don't remember that story, Chris? All right, real briefly. Julius Caesar, he's like 18 years old, I think. He was a young man. Gets taken captive by some pirates who were holding him hostage for ransom. One, Julius Caesar finds out. He asks them what they're ransoming him for, and he's horrified and beyond offended that it's not for more. (laughs) Wait, you know what? We're up against the break. I'll finish this story. It's one of my favorite stories ever, and then we'll actually get to what I want to talk about today. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and we have to talk about war elephants. Hang on. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Natural medicines, holistic healing approaches. You understand these are the ways that are known, right? These are the ways that are known. The stuff we have today, that's the new stuff. Natural medicines and holistic healing, those are the old ways, the ways people have been using for a long, long time. And they're known to alleviate things like anxiety, sleeplessness, joint pain. That's why I go the CBD route. You know, I don't, I don't like putting man-made chemicals in my body. Not more than I have to anyway. I already put too much in there. But which CBD do you choose? Well, Doctors Trusted CBD Company made that easy. They researched the whole industry. They found all the best, and that's what they sell on DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's why you'll see things like Be Best Organics on there. Go. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. While you're there, I'm going to save you some money. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off in a free lip balm. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. We have to talk about the worst way to die. Somebody wants to know about hiring for his small business. We have an Ask Dr. Jesse question about joining the military later on in life. And this is, it's going to be the best Ask Dr. Jesse Friday ever. After a bit of a rough week. Anyway, all right. Back to my Julius Caesar story. Quit letting me get distracted. And by the way, today's history has virtually nothing to do with Julius Caesar into what we're actually going to talk about here, but I I got distracted with the Julius Caesar story, Chris. Sometimes it happens with me. All right, he's a young man. Gets taken hostage by some pirates. He asks them, what's your ransom? What are you asking for me? And they tell him, and he's absolutely outraged. 
and screams at them about it, thinks he's worth more, demands that they raise the ransom of Hamilton himself. They do. And then while he's waiting for the ransom to be paid off, he sings songs while he's being held hostage, driving them crazy. He writes poetry and recites it out loud, driving them nuts. I mean, they had to just want to murder the guy. And at one point, he tells them, openly tells them, when you get me, when I get out of here, I'm going to come back here and crucify every single one of you. He tells them this while he's being held hostage. <laughs> and then the ransom gets paid. He, prom- he doesn't even go back home. He just goes right down the coast, raises an army, goes right back and crucifies every single one of them. <laughs> like I'm the biggest Julius Caesar homer in the world. And Julius Caesar was a populist. He was a populist. He had a run-in or two with Sulla. Sulla was the guy who wanted to restore the Roman Republic to how it was. Sulla at one point, and this is when Sulla was killing everybody, goes to Julius Caesar and tells him to divorce his wife for political reasons. And Julius Caesar says, no, I don't think I will, actually. Says that to a man who could have him killed with the snap of his fingers. But that's just Julius Caesar. So Caesar worms his way to the top of politics. Brilliant man. Brilliant general. Takes over Gaul. It's a long campaign. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. Comes back. Beats Pompey Magnus in really a battle for Rome at the time. Pompey Magnus wanted to restore the Republic. Wanted to keep the Republic. Julius Caesar wanted to take over. Caesar takes over, promptly makes himself dictator, bypasses the Senate. He's making laws. He is now the one man in charge. He has ended the Roman Republic temporarily. I say temporarily because the idea of the Roman Republic was ingrained in so many Romans, especially the high society senator types It didn't take long until men like Brutus, who everybody knows that name, and Crassus, they get together and they come up with a plan to assassinate Caesar. And it's time to be fair to the other side now. Because I'm a Caesar homer, I try not to be too biased. Let's be fair about a couple things here. One, by all accounts, Brutus and Crassus, They each thought they were doing the right thing for the Roman Republic. They were not trying to kill Caesar and take over as dictator themselves. They were trying to kill Caesar and restore the Republic. That's one. Two, in the interest of being fair. And look, I hate Brutus because I love Julius Caesar. You know, Brutus was extremely well thought of by his entire community, apparently a very humble person, had an excellent reputation, a bit of a a meek person, which is going to hurt him a little later on in our story today, but a bit of a meek person, but well thought of. And Crassus, Crassus was a war hero. Crassus was an idealist. 
Crassus, at one point in time, remember I just brought up Sala when Sala was killing everybody? Crassus, at one point, got in a fist fight with Sala's son, who was talking about how great his daddy, the dictator, was. And Crassus not only beats him, says, get up and I'll beat you again if you talk like that again. And won't apologize to Sulla when Sulla demands it. Crassus is, I mean, we remember these guys, Brutus and Crassus, as dirty traitors who knifed Caesar. They would have told you they're warriors for the Republic. And there were a lot of people at the time who would have told you these are warriors for the Republic. Again, I'm the biggest Caesar homer in the world, but there are two sides to every story, as they say. All right, I'm not going to talk about Caesar's death, but they kill Caesar. We know that. Now we're going to deal with the aftermath because this is what gets lost. The aftermath of them killing Caesar was insane. The city was in an absolute uproar, and here's why. You see, Crassus and Brutus killed Caesar. You know the saying, six, six emperor tyrannus, you know, death to tyrants. It all came from that, right? They thought when they killed him that they were going to be celebrated men, cheered, because they, in their own little upper crust society bubble, they hated Caesar so much, they projected that onto the people. Well, everyone must hate Caesar so much. Everybody didn't hate Caesar so much. Caesar was a dynamic individual soon. These people were trying to burn down their homes. Soon, these guys have to flee the city. Now, let's set Crassus and Brutus aside for a moment because we have to, I have to give you two other names. You know I never do this, but you got to deal with four names today, all right? You have Crassus and Brutus. Those are the, the – I mean, I'm going to call them traitors. That's totally not fair. But those are the traitors who knife Caesar. On the other side of the coin, on on Caesar's side of the coin, you have Mark Antony and Octavian. Let's deal with Antony first. Antony was a longtime general of Julius Caesar, really his right-hand man, and that's going to come into play here in a little while. Octavian, he was something different. Octavian was Caesar's grand nephew. None of that matters. Don't worry about that. What he ended up being was Caesar's adopted heir. Caesar adopted him. And adoption is like the best thing in the world anyway. But in Rome, it was sacred. If you were adopted, it was a big deal. So post Caesar's death, here was the situation on the ground. Mark Antony decides he's going to try and make peace with Brutus and Crassus. There was not this huge clash right away. Mark Antony begins meeting with Brutus and Crassus to figure out how do we hash this out? What do we do now? How's the country going to get led? What should we do here? And it's apparently, by all accounts, very, very cordial. They're having dinner at each other's houses. Then Octavian gets back to town. Octavian has no interest in sitting and dining with the two men who just knifed his father, for lack of a better way to put it, to death. Octavian has every interest 
and murdering them. And just so you know, I don't I really don't want to confuse you here, but Octavian becomes Caesar Augustus. Ever heard of him? Kind of a big deal. All right, I'm going to try to wrap up this story next, and then we're getting to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions like a poll tax. What do I think about it? Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We have an ugly, ugly comparison about the worst ways to die coming up on the Ask Dr. Jesse questions. We're going to keep it light today, as you can see. <laughs> Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Or you can call 877-377-4373. Oh, and I almost forgot. We have merchandise i talked to the first that's my tv company my tv shows on the channel called the first you can get it on your smart tv or on an, any app it's there's a first tv app it's on every single night monday through friday if you want the the joy of looking at me while i talk for an hour every night but i talked to the first and i said hey man we need merchandise they could not have possibly been cooler about it they instantly made it happen. And now if you go to thefirsttv.myshopify.com or just go to the first website and you'll find a way to get to the merchandise, you'll see we have an anti-communist collection. They did what I asked. There's t-shirts. There's anti-communist t-shirts. There's anti-communist trucker hats, anti-communist stickers, anti-communist coffee mugs, hoodie sweatshirts, Tank tops, long sleeve t-shirts, anti-communist merch is available, baby. <laughs> I want all of it. You know what's really weird, Chris? It was my idea, and they agreed to do it, right? And they made the shop I wanted, and now you can get the stuff. I want at least one of everything that's in there. And frankly, I want one for you too. And I want one for phone screen image. Like I want some stuff. I want one for my wife. You know, I want some stuff. I feel like kind of a jerk asking for free stuff now. Is that weird? Is that weird? I, f I feel like that's wrong to ask for free stuff. Is it? 
No, I understand. I can say I've got to try. I understand. I can say anything. Look, these guys are so cool. I, I, w- I would probably just have to mention it, and they would send me everything, no questions asked. It's not that. It's not like they're jerks about it. They're awesome. I feel like a jerk asking. Is that wrong? Am I weird? It is weird. All right. All right. I'm going to ask today. I'm going to ask. All right. I'm going to ask today. All right. Back to our story. We have Mark Antony. He's dining with Crassus. He's dining with Brutus, trying to work it out. Octavian, having none of it, raises a bunch of legions, comes storming back in. Initially clashes hard with Mark Antony, who was really pulling some squirrely stuff. And then eventually those two decided, let's let's agree we don't like each other very much, but let's work together. Crassus and Brutus flee the city, only they don't flee the city and go hide under a rock. They flee to the eastern part of the Roman Empire, which was the part with all the money. The eastern part of the Roman Empire was the part with, with all the resources and wealth. They each flee separately, Crassus and Brutus, and they raise their own armies and raise their own money. And right now, I'm, Rome is in limbo uh, during all this time. They have, people have no idea what's happening, what's going to happen. The Senate's still there, kind of in charge. But the Senate doesn't know what to do either. Now you have... You know, Antony and Octavian, these guys want to be dictators. You have Crassus and Brutus. These guys want it, want it to be a republic again. And the Senate doesn't know what to do. They don't know who's going to win. Crassus and Brutus, especially Crassus, because Crassus is, I'm sorry, Cassus, not Crassus. Cassus or Cassius, depending on which one you, you depending on which who you hear pronounce it. Cassius, he starts winning winning battles. He's seeing victory out there. Cassius, remember, is a general, a war hero, very capable. Brutus is doing okay. Cassius is doing very well. Finally, Mark Antony and Octavian decide they're going to get together. They're going to travel, and they're going to have a battle and see who wins against the Republicans, against the traitors, against Cassius and Brutus. Cassius and Brutus, they finally get together too. And apparently they had the long hash it out meeting to to decide they were going to fight together too. So now you have those two versus Mark Antony and Octavian. And what happens? Well, Mark Antony and Octavian line up for battle. Octavian is certainly not the general Mark Antony. Mark Antony, again, This man fought under one of the greatest, if not the greatest, generals in the history of mankind, Julius Caesar. You tend to learn a thing or two under Julius Caesar. They line up for battle. Cassius and Brutus line up for battle. Cassius is awesome. Brutus, not so much as a military commander. And the battle goes this way. Essentially... Brutus charges in. He slaps Octavian around. Octavian takes off, almost dies. Brutus crushes Octavian's part of the army. Only something else had happened. Something bad had happened. When he was chasing off Octavian, 
he managed to get himself surrounded by Mark Antony because he exposed his flank. And Brutus, right now, as of this moment, he's seeing victory, right? He's, he's, he's winning. He's doing fine. But Cassius, he gets with a messenger and sends the messenger off to find out if Brutus is doing fine. Cassius sees something. He sees his messenger surrounded by men on horseback. And for whatever reason, Cassius thinks Brutus hasn't won or isn't winning. He thinks Brutus has been defeated. Cassius now thinks the battle is lost. Cassius tells his slave to kill him because he because of bad messaging, a bad read on the events. Cassius' slave kills him. So the only capable general they had has his slave kill him. And now Brutus, who was actually doing okay, he was doing fine. He ran off Octavian. Now he's stuck alone against Mark Antony. And then it's, everything kind of stalls there. And Octavian gets back with him. Mark Antony now knows he's got him. Spends his time sending men out to mock Brutus to his face while they wait and do battle. Finally, Brutus attacks. Once again, he overextends himself. He gets overrun by Antony. Brutus flees to the mountains where he eventually, pathetically, tells all his friends, essentially, just leave me now. And he walks into the woods and kills himself. Rome's no longer a republic now. And I asked the question at the beginning of the show, what what determines which ideology will lead a nation? I mean, there's all kinds of different ideologies, right? Monarchies, a republic, a democracy, communism, socialism, whatever. There's all kinds of different ideologies. What determines which ideology will lead a nation? Well, Rome wasn't a republic after this. It was a dictatorship. You tell me. I just told you the story. What what determined that? Winning. Winning is what determines that. That fact seems to be lost on far too many on our side. We must first win the battle in order to have the kind of country we want to have. We have to win the battle first. That matters most. And we're losing it right now. All right. Some awesome Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hang on. out catch up jessikellyshow.com one in three adults has pre-diabetes one in three that means it could be you your football buddy your football buddy or you your best man your worst man you your dog walker 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and, and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. Hmm, that's, that's weird. Remember that? Remember all the justification for all the looting, burning, murdering? I remember. <laughs> all right. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Or you can call 877-377-4373. We have a voicemail. Actually, we're going to play here in a little bit. But first, let's open on a bright note, Chris. Somebody wants to know, and we're going to have to really think about this. We may even have to put this to the audience. Dear Shogun of Wit in Retreating Hairline, that's not very nice. It's true, though. It's, it's racing back towards my ears. Which would have been the worst way to go, in your opinion? Scafism by the Persians or the Blood Eagle by the Norse? Oh. Okay, you know, because I realize we have a bunch of new listeners, we might as well go over the process for each of them. 
I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I may miss a step or two, but I'm pretty accurate on this. Scafism, in my opinion, has got to be the worst way ever, maybe. You know what? I don't know. The Blood Eagle's really bad. All right, scafism is this. This was a Persian thing, I believe. I believe this was ancient Persia. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. Ancient Persia did this. They would take you out to a swamp. They would lay you down in a boat. There would be holes cut in the boat so your arms, and obviously a very small boat, so your arms and legs, you know, at least part of your arms and legs would hang out of the boat. They would have your head hang out of the boat as well. They would put another boat upside down on top of you. Are you getting a good picture of it here? You're essentially in a big coffin made of boats. They would then take a mixture of milk and honey. I know it sounds delicious, but they would take a mixture of milk and honey and they would force feed it to you. They would force it down your throat. Then they would have the boat tied to the shore so they could bring you back. I'll explain why in a moment. They would, in a swamp, mind you, push you out into the water where you would sit there. The honey's all over your face. Your belly's full of milk and honey. And the bugs would start to get to you. Mosquitoes, flies, swamp bugs. And every day, they would go out and reel you back in and force feed you a lot more milk and honey. I mean, a belly full of milk and honey. Now, I'm going to try to make this as lunch-friendly as humanly possible, that milk and honey is going to come out at some point in time. And no, scaphism does not involve bathroom breaks and washing of the hands. When it comes out, it's going to come out in this little boat coffin you have as you're surrounded by flies, fleas, mosquitoes, And things are going to begin to fill up there. And part of the problem is, part of what makes this so horrible is because you are getting nutrients into your body every day, you're not dying. You're being kept alive. It would essentially be like on an IV drip system. But the things that are leaving your body are going to have things grow in them because you're in a swamp. Eventually, the maggots and things that are growing in there are going to make their way. This is getting difficult. Scafism is so brutal, it's difficult to talk about. I'll, I'll continue scafism in a moment, then we'll discuss the blood eagle. And then we'll talk about poll taxes. <laughs> Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. 
Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're laying in the boat. You're laying in the things that have evacuated out your body. The maggots and bugs begin to work their way inside of your body. And they eat you to death from the inside out. There's a story of one person. I believe he was a prince who'd been captured in battle. I may have that wrong. But there's a story of one person who took... 17 days to die. That is so... Ugh. That's... That's probably what gets me. But Chris is loudly pointing out the pain of the blood eagle. And he's not necessarily wrong. What is the blood eagle? The Viking blood eagle? Well... Buckle up. I'm about to explain it to you. And then pull taxes. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. How about this? Donald Trump is very rich. CNN right now is sort of for sale because they can't make any money. What if Donald Trump buys CNN? How about that? <laughs> that was a voicemail. You can call and talk to us live or leave a voicemail, 877-377-4373. I don't hate the idea of Trump buying CNN, but one... CNN has to be willing to sell to Donald Trump. Two, Trump may be rich. He's not rich enough to buy CNN by himself. He'd have to have some partners on that deal. All right. Back to our Ask Dr. Jesse question. Which should be worse, scafism or the blood eagle? I just described scafism in detail. 
I will not be describing it again today in detail. But the Blood Eagle, the Blood Eagle by the Vikings was this. They would tie you to a tree face first. So you're facing the tree. Your back is open. Back is to them. They would then carve an eagle into your skin on your back. Oh, don't worry. It's about to get worse. Oh, gosh. It's giving me the willies, Chris. Then they would take a sword alongside your spine on both sides and break off the ribs with it. Breaking your ribs off at the spine. They would pull the ribs not all the way out, just kind of opening you up. Then take your lungs and pull them out your back to resemble wings so you looked like an eagle. And then they'd pour salt on it and leave you there until you died. Now, it's really kind of one of those what do you fear more things. I think I would rather have the blood eagle than scaphism simply for the length of time it takes to die. I mean, you can say they don't kill you right away. That's what they try to say about the blood eagle. Buddy. How much blood loss are we talking about here? If you're not dead, you're going into shock real, real soon. Real soon. Scaphism? They're feeding you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Scaphism's got to be the worst way ever. Chris brought up the one, and I can't remember if this is Persian or Babylonian. This might be the Babylonians. They had this tower. How creepy was this? And they had these basically an ancient version of a bunch of huge fans set up and they would take you up to the top of this tower only it's an it's an open tower and you're in a platform like looking down into it and they would push you off not far enough to kill you but far enough so you would break bones you know you're going to break one or both your legs or something like that an arm you're hurting bad so you can't move and then as you're laying there you're surrounded by Hot ash. They've heated up a bunch of ash, flaming. They then start their old mechanical fan system to have the hot ash whirling all around you so you die with broken limbs inhaling it into your body. You essentially drown in burning ash. That had to be horrible. (laughs) All right, Chris, that's enough of that. This is too dark. Why are you like this? Jesse at jessekellyshow.com if you want to email your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. What's your opinion, Dr. Jesse, what's your opinion on poll taxes today? Schools teach they are bad, so they must have some merit. $100. Money goes straight into a commission responsible for running the elections, voter registration, verification, and counting votes. If you can't come up with that or don't care as an adult, you've got no skin in the game and your opinion is worthless. Come back when you get your beep together. P.S. Yes, I am unapologetically in favor of disenfranchising idiots of any race, creed, color, or national origin. (sighs) Look, I'm the resident jerk, so I'm probably not the one to ask. 
I actually love some kind of pull test. I don't know if I like it on dollars alone, though. Yeah, yeah. And here's why. I'm already paying. I'm already paying, one. And two, I think there's a better way than money. I've known a bunch of turds who could scrape up $100. And, and, and hear me out on this. It's very difficult to find any system they can't corrupt, but you know for a fact, for a 100% fact, Democrats would come up with a way, a massive fund, to hand out $100 bills on the way to the polls. They'd be picking up all the same people they want voting in buses and handing them a, uh, uh, handing them a Benjamin on the way into the polls. You know they would. I always wanted to do credit score, but people get mad at me. And let me explain something when it comes to credit score. Maybe you're one of these, I pay cash for everything, guys. And that's great. I'm not not anti that. I'm just about to tell you my personal experience. And you can take it or leave it. But what I'm about to tell you is a fact. It was my experience. I, as you know, did not grow up in the media industry. (laughs) Have a bit of a different background. And at one point, I sold RVs, and I was an RV sales manager. Well, one thing about RVs, like when you sell anything like that, you have to worry because most of the time people aren't paying cash for an RV or a car or something. You have to worry about getting them financed for whatever they're buying. You have to make sure they can get financed, and part of getting financed is your credit score. And therefore, because I was one of the ones handling the financing, You learn to try to size people's credit score up. You can call it being a jerk all you want, but the truth is, as a salesman, my time is money. I'm not out there for funsies. It's not a charity for me. I have a wife, two kids. I have a mortgage. I have all the bills you have. I only have so many hours in the day. I cannot occupy. I cannot gobble up the few hours I have with people who can't buy anything. I just can't. So over time, you learn some stuff trying to size up people's credit. And no, it's not the car they drive. However, I could get to the point where I could gauge somebody, roughly, I could gauge someone's credit score within a minute of meeting them. How? And again, I realize there are 10,000 exceptions, especially right now. Divorce, business went bankrupt. I mean, there's a million exceptions to this, but... If somebody walks in, looks me in the eye, shakes my hand, says anything to the effect of, hey, I don't want to waste your time, has some idea of what they're there to buy. I don't know. I'm looking for a 20-foot travel trailer. I'd like a 40-foot fifth wheel. I'd like a fifth wheel between 40 and 50,000. You know, some idea of what they want to buy. If those things happen, that person has an outstanding credit score, and can buy whatever they want. If somebody walks in, I don't care if he drives up in a $90,000 Corvette or whatever they cost, and somebody comes storming in, almost always with his girlfriend, and says something to the effect of, hey, I want to to see the most expensive trailer you got. That guy can't buy anything. Nothing. 
because, again, I understand there are exceptions to this rule. Your credit score is an outstanding indicator of how you view your place in the world and how you view your financial obligations. I say let the credit score people vote. All right. War elephants and more. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now, tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth 
will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your President has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. There was Donald Trump, obviously signing off. Here we go. Four years of President Biden. Golly. All right. Dear Dr. Shogun, is it time to bring back war elephants? I'm about to burst your bubble so badly because I'm such a war elephant freak like every dude on the planet is. I mean, how sweet is a war elephant? I want a war elephant, but they were used a lot. They were not without some serious, serious problems. The biggest one being the elephants are skittish, which I'm not an elephant expert, but I do know this. They figured out the best way to combat the elephants isn't necessarily taking them down, just scare them. The Romans would cover pigs in pitch and light them on fire and run them at the elements, elephants. And the combination of the flames and the loud squealing that comes when you light a pig on fire would freak the elephants out. And when the elephants would freak out, they would oftentimes turn in their fear and rampage and stomp on their own troops. The problem was so bad that elephants, all the elephants had a designated guy on top of the elephant, and they had a piece of headgear on top of every one of the war elephants that had a spike sitting right above a certain point in the elephant's head. And if the the problem was so severe, each elephant had this, and they had a dude on top of the elephant, and his only job was to hammer, he had a big hammer, to hammer down that spike and kill the elephant if it went ape and started killing their own troops. So... I'm an elephant guy, a war elephant guy. I don't know that I'd want them in my body, in my army. Plus, couple things. One, you got to feed them bad boys. Remember, like Napoleon said, an army runs on its stomach. That's not easy to feed an elephant. It it takes enough effort to feed all the horses they used to have. Now an elephant, I don't know about that. And also, that's a lot of poop. That's a lot of poop your guys have to slog through. All right. Dr. Jesse Steele. Coke or Pepsi? I can't taste the difference. Chris, you're lying. You say you can taste the difference. Okay. Write this down. Next week, we are doing a blind taste test live on the air because I say you and everyone else who... 
who says they can taste the difference, I say you're a bunch of freaking liars. Were we supposed to do a vodka taste test? Okay, well, we're going to do both taste tests next Friday. And because there are rules against me drinking on the air, you're going to have to do both. So basically, the show next week may be a little rough because Jewish producer Chris is apparently going to get hammer-housed on the air. No, we'll just do a taste. You are you are allowed to, right? I know I'm not allowed to, but you're allowed to? Ah, we'll figure it out. Let's ask after we're done. <laughs> All right, quit. Focus. Gosh, you guys have some sweet questions today. Oh, great Shogun Oracle of the Sombreros. What are your thoughts on joining the military for someone in their late 20s slash early 30s? Asking for myself. I've been welding in multiple industries since the age of 18, but always had a niche to join, just never had the motivation to do so. As the window of opportunity closes for me, I'm leaning towards it now more than ever as I'm in between jobs. Very interested in SF or something like that. Your thoughts and opinions are greatly appreciated. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Buddy. You only live once. You only live once. I have lived my entire life going all in when an idea strikes me. And sometimes it's been a horrible failure. And sometimes, like like this show, has been a tremendous success. On the air right now because I just quit my job out of the blue and just went all in. And it ended up working. You are going to die one day. And when you're laying there on your deathbed, what are you going to say to yourself? And you have to ask yourself this question because I ask myself this a lot with so many decisions I make. Ask yourself this. You're laying there on your deathbed. What are you going to say? Thank goodness I didn't go to the military and I kept welding. Or are you going to say, oh, oh, I'm glad I tried that. I want to die with some stories. That's what I want. I want to die with some stories. Go. Go give it a shot. And if you make it, go try SF. Go. Do it. And don't quit. You don't know what SF is? SF is Special Forces, Chris. That's Green Berets. Green Berets. Go. They're the baddest dudes on the planet. Go. And don't quit. Go. Don't even think you're going to quit. You'll make it. And make sure you send us a postcard when you get there, too. I want it. It'll be awesome. I'll read it on the air. Go. It'll be freaking awesome. Good for you. Remember, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. The whole show's podcasted after the show's over. iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Our buddy Sean Parnell is about to join us next. He ran for office in Pennsylvania where there was some really ugly stuff going on. Sean's got some things to say. Hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, 
visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. It has been too long. Joining me now, Army veteran, sadly, of Afghanistan, author, congressional candidate, maybe still, I don't know what the status is, Sean Parnell joining me now. Sean, what is happening in your state of Pennsylvania? I love Pennsylvania. It's a disaster over there. It, <laughs> well, uh, I don't think we have enough time in the segment to walk you through everything, so I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it. Um, so the Pennsylvania State Legislature passed Act 77, which is a no-excuse absentee ballot law in, in October of 2019. Unfortunately, they passed it illegally without a constitutional amendment because changing the time, place, and manner of an election in the state of Pennsylvania requires an amendment, which is like, you know, it has to be voted on in back-to-back legislative sessions, and then it has to be in newspapers in every county in the country for three months, and then it goes on the ballot in a referendum. Well, of course, the Republican-controlled legislature skipped that process, passed it, rammed Act 77 down everybody in the Commonwealth's throats, and then the PA Secretary of State, who's a radical Democrat, along with the governor, who's a radical Democrat, along with the attorney general, who's a radical Democrat, promptly removed every safeguard (laughs) from from the bill, like postmark requirements, signature verification, and any semblance of a deadline for delivering a mail-in ballot. You could deliver them functionally up to a week after election. I mean, it was it was a disaster. And then you add to that that Mark Zuckerberg dumped, you know, millions of dollars in the state to fund remote satellite voting facilities, those mail drop boxes all over in heavily Democratic areas, by the way, and to boost the salaries of election judges. I mean, it's just crazy. And then we finally got the results of an audit back uh, of the actual vote. And, and it looks like statewide there are more than 200,000 votes, more, more votes than actual voters. Not So the president put out like, oh, there were more votes than actually registered voters. That's not, that's not true. More votes than just voters, period. So there's a significant voter deficit and a, and a voter deficit in my district alone of 63,000 more, more ballots than actual voters. So this is a problem of, of epic proportions. And to me, it's no wonder why 50 percent of the people in this country, 75 million people have no faith in the outcome of this election. Sean, how do we get this fixed? I I mean, people keep saying, well, we have to, people have to have faith in the elections. Well, how do you expect people to have faith in elections when they're run like this? How do we fix this? I, I, I want America to stay together. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I've been, I've been watching um, some of the back and forth with you and people on Twitter and Jesse, I totally agree with you. I mean, when, when you're talking people, 75 million people in this country believe that the system is rigged against them, right? And so you ask the question of how do we fix this? I'll tell you the number one reason of, of, of the worst thing that we can do is ban voices. 
I mean, if you look at what's happening on Twitter right now, they're throttling conservatives like never before. I mean, look at Senator from uh, Senator Josh Hawley. Simon and Schuster canceled his canceled his book contract because he raised the very concerns on the floor of the Senate that I just raised here on your show about Act 77 being unconstitutional in Pennsylvania. This, this is this is about the constitutionality of a bill debated on the Senate floor. I mean, that's exactly how this country was intended to operate. But uh, Simon and Schuster canceled his contract. I mean, if you look at what happened in this country, Jesse, we were locked down for months, right? People were bankrupted. Small businesses forced to close, right? And then all while Antifa and Black Lives Matter rampaged across this country and burned cities to the ground, not only were they not condemned, right, they were lauded. They were praised. You know, you, I could pull up articles. I could pull up articles of people in, in Vox saying, you know, rioting is scary, but boy, it can, it can bring good social progress. And then you see all of these issues with this election. And I, I reject the notion of widespread voter fraud. I, I disagree with that. I would say that it, the irregularities were very targeted in places that Democrats absolutely had to win, like Allegheny County here in Western Pennsylvania. So people have questions about the election. We brought those questions to the courts, uh, to the Supreme Court. The courts abstained, right? They, they didn't hear our lawsuits, any, any lawsuits, by the way, on the merits. They abstained. They stepped back. They didn't want to get involved in the election. And so what happened on the Capitol was unacceptable. You hate to see violence in any form. It was wrong when Antifa does it. Does it. It's wrong when, when, uh, when, those, when folks storm the Capitol. Violence is wrong, period, end of story. But for Republican and Democrat senators to just sort of condemn it without trying to understand why it happened, that, that, that's the key. Let's understand why there's so much division in this country. Let's understand why the Trump supporters uh, or, and 75 million people feel like the system is rigged against them. If we don't do that, it's not going to get much better. Why, Sean? Explain it in your words. Why is there that feeling out there, this simmering anger? Because I feel it too, man. I know you do. Well, look, I, I'll tell you right now, I think one of the single biggest mistakes that the GOP made leading into this runoff was, was not passing a clean COVID relief bill when you look at just the optics of the bill, right, you're saying like billions of dollars to foreign countries, you know, millions of dollars to Pakistan for gender studies and $700 million, billion, billion dollars or something or a million dollars to Sudan, 600 bucks to Americans. And you're, look, man, I'm on the ground here in Pennsylvania. I see how much the people are struggling. I'm outside the D.C. bubble. I see it with my own two eyes. I see the food line. I hear the pleas of the people that can't put food on the table for their children. And so I think that, you know, you're looking you, – people are frustrated. This is part of the reason why they feel like the system is rigged against them. And, boy, it's like you, you're lumping a COVID relief bill in with an omnibus spending bill, and you're wondering why our deficit has blown up. Ten years, our deficit was $10 trillion. Now it's $28 trillion, precisely because of all of these omnibus spending bills. They just get big. They only go one way, Jesse, right? Bigger and bigger and bigger. And people see that. And they think that Washington is out of touch. I think, look, I think people on the left see this too, Jesse, which is precisely why Bernie Sanders is so popular, right? Um, millions of people are fans of Bernie Sanders, much in the same way that millions of people are fans of Donald Trump. So uh, how we fix this, man, I mean, I'll tell you right now, elect this country needs to focus on electing more leaders uh, that, you know, look, 
more leaders and fewer politicians, right? And so I say that to say, like, yeah, I'm I'm a conservative, right? Like, I, I I'm a conservative principles kind of guy, but and because of that, I, I'm running with an R after my name, right? But my allegiance does, and and this job is not about being loyal to a political party, right? And I think when you get to Washington, there's a tendency to start, you know, playing the Washington game, and you're in the Republican Party. And groupthink starts to happen, and maybe you forget about why you're there in the first place. The job is to not be allegiance to a party, but to serve the people and, and really go to the places in your district where people don't agree with you, right? And so you can't shy away from having those difficult conversations. And if people on the ground feel like, you know, and by the way, a thousand different places all, all around the country, this needs to happen. But if people on the ground feel like their leaders are actually listening to them, even if they don't agree all the time, I think that's a great first step in the right direction. Uh, leadership right now is what's needed in this country uh, more than ever, more than ever before. Sean Parnell, I appreciate you, my friend. Keep fighting a good fight, buddy. We need you out there. Yeah, we will, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Jesse, I enjoy your work, but do not get to listen to your show as often as I would like. I could not find a good email address for you. Hopefully this gets forwarded to you. Blah, 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 blah. Question. Long term, do you ever see conservatism winning in our country's future? And if so, when and under what circumstances? I can see a scenario where liberals split and eat themselves, but I don't see that ending as a win for conservatism. My two kids are old, or 19 and 16 are older than yours, but I'm quite worried about what this country has in store for them. Please don't use my name in public, blah, 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 blah. I would never, ever, remember, I never use anybody's name unless you specifically tell me in the email. If you, you send your death threats and I don't use your name, period. I don't believe in it. I will answer this question and more when we get back. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Doctors Trusted CBD Company did work so I don't have to. And there is nothing better I can say about a company. I mean, that's that's why I choose to give companies my business, right? Tell me how your good or your service is going to make my life easier. Well, I got sick and tired of having mixed results from the CBD I bought. I buy CBD here, it works great, woohoo. I go buy CBD from a different place and it's terrible, it does nothing. Well, I found out some CBD companies don't even test their batches very often. Doctors Trusted CBD, they teamed up with Be Best Organics. Get this, they test every batch. Every single batch gets tested. That's awesome. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm. I don't know if the word good is a way to describe it, but... Because yesterday, 
the President of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America. The gleeful desecration of the U.S. Capitol, which is the temple of our, Amer of our American democracy, and the violence targeting Congress are horrors that will forever stain our nation's history, instigated by the President of the United States. That's why it's such a stain. In calling for this seditious act, President has committed an unspeakable assault on our nation and our people. I join the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the Vice President to remove this President by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the Vice President and the Cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. That is the overwhelming sentiment of my caucus. He's gone in like 12 days. These people, these people, like I told you yesterday, these people, it actually applies to the, to the Ask Dr. Jesse question I just got. The question was, long-term, do you ever see conservatism winning in our country's future? And if so, when and under what circumstances? The future of conservatism, if you want to call it that, I would just simply call it your values, our values. The future of our values on a national level – I don't want to say it because it's hard. It, it, look, here's the truth. The future of our values is going to be local, only local. We are going to separate. We're, you're, what you're seeing right now is a great separation as the nation fractures because the nation doesn't share common values anymore. Your values, they're going to have to be in whatever neighborhood you live in, whatever town you live in. Maybe you'll find, you know, a blood red state. The West will be prime for this. That's, that's where your values are going to be. The only way your values get put into place nationally, and this is really tough to say, is if a tyrant takes over and puts them in. And that's terrible. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Who wants that? But you're never, never reforming this, this system. A system this poisonous, a system this broken, is never getting reformed back to being what it should have been without a violent tyrant taking over and making it happen and doing horrific things that you will not enjoy and I will not enjoy. It's going it, it's going to take Julius Caesar. You ready for that? You ready for somebody to march on Washington? I'm not. That that no. No, I'm out on that. But I'm not saying give up. That's the last thing you want to do. Because of your kids, because of my kids. Cuz I I I plan on trying to Hold this thing together as long as I can for posterity's sake. So we have to keep fighting, but there is no getting the band back together right now. There's none. Because the left, is they're in such a position of power now, they're going to continue to clinch it down. Power's leading to more power, which is leading to more power. I mean, we just had... People do not, don't really understand what happened. We just had a Republican presidency... With the Republican Senate and a Republican House for two years. Half that time, we had full Republican control. 
and they got virtually nothing done. Why? Because the leftists are in such a position of power now in every other part of our, our, our culture, within the federal government, within the media, within the entertainment industry, within the education industry. The system is so infected with the left that it's just too much. It can't be overcome. Trump could never overcome it. Four years. Four years he had his presidency kneecapped time and time again from the inside. There is no getting it back nationally. I know that's a bitter pill to swallow, but there's no getting it back. Dr. Sombrero Oracle. My parents were from went to communist schools, literally. They lived in communist Hungary and were subject to nonstop propaganda. My mom learned Russian and learned how great the commies were in elementary school. My dad had his college lectures recorded. No, not the way we record lectures now. What they did was videotape the student audience, and if they watched the tape later and saw you rolling your eyes or talking to a neighbor while Comrade So-and-so was lecturing about the evil Western imperialists, well, let's just say there was an empty seat in the classroom the next day. But here's the thing. My parents and almost all the other students didn't buy into a word of it. They knew it was propaganda and total BS, and they didn't become commies just because their commie teachers told them to. As soon as they could, like so many others... They fled for freedom. So here's the question that only the Oracle can answer. Why does communist educational indoctrination not work in actual commie countries, but work so well on American students? Or are we missing the real problem? Is it not the schools? Is it more the culture at large or some other factor? One, let's answer your second question first. It does start at home. Let me explain something I've started to do in my home to avoid my kids getting trapped in this stuff. And then I'll answer your first question. Hang on one sec. We have another hour of Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. 877-377-4373. No word in English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What I've started doing in my house, because we don't raise our kids to be overtly political, although because of the last presidential election, it was just inevitable. And because of what I do, you know, my boys are still at the age where dad's cool. And now, you know, dad's on the radio and dad's on TV. So, you know, they go, you always brag to you about your dad, no matter what your dad does. 
So I get bragged about. So they're, well, what does he do? And now some of their friends' dads listen and stuff like that and moms and stuff. But we don't raise them to be overly political. What I have raised them to do is this, though, in my house. Question everything. Oh, you saw that on the news? It's probably a lie. Oh, this person told you that? It's probably a lie. Stop. Think for yourself. Why are they telling me that? That's one. It's critical you teach them to think because then in the future they'll be able to do that on their own. But as to your first question, which was a great question, why does communist educational indoctrination not work in commie countries but works well on American students? You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me on social media on Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC. You can find the show on Twitter at Jesse Kelly Show. Find me on Instagram at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm on Parlor. I'm on Facebook. That's for when they run me off of Twitter, which will be shortly, especially with our new t-shirts. <laughs> if you go to the the first website, the first TV, I think it's the first TV.com, we have merchandise there now. And they're actually letting me put ideas out there, like whatever I want. And we have a new t-shirt. I had this idea yesterday and they got it done on the front. It's a picture of Kamala Harris that says land of the free. <laughs> and on the back, it's a picture of Elizabeth Warren that says home of the brave. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's not a joke. Those t-shirts are for sale. Go buy some. It's awesome. <laughs> but I was watching TV last night and man, sometimes People think I only promote myself. It's not about me, all right? I only care about promoting the smart, interesting people out there. So when I saw this on TV last night, I knew I had to bring it to you. So here's a little clip. I mean, this guy, this guy, sharp as can be. And the divisions of the nation, because we now have a Joe Biden presidency and a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House, those divisions only get worse because the Democratic Party is the anti-American party of division. That's what they are. I don't care what they were under JFK or even Bill Clinton. That is, that Those days are gone. Right now, they are the anti-American party of division. We will have four years of apologizing for America again, just like Barack Obama did the whole time, which drives people insane. And we will have, we will have four years of divisive, racist crap like this from the president of the United States of America. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, 
there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. The American people saw it in plain view. And I hope it sensitized them to what we have to do. He's right. It is true. 100%. Black Lives Matter. If it was Black Lives Matter guys taking over that Capitol yesterday, they would have been treated 100% differently. And that's part of the problem with the feeling of, unju- of injustice in this country. Oh, by differently, I mean each and every single news outlet would have went on and ran cover for all of them. You remember what they were saying about Black Lives Matter when they were burning, looting, and murdering? Well, the, they were 93% peaceful. Ah, or rioting is the language of the unheard. You remember we talked about yesterday. New York Times ran a headline on all the district attorneys in the country, springing them all out of jail without charges. Oh, well, they were exercising their civil rights. They'd be signing book deals. They'd have, they'd have their stupid names written on the helmets of NFL players. People would be kneeling for them at the games. They'd have Black Lives Matter spread across an NBA court just like they did last year. They'd have corporate sponsorship. My kids couldn't log into their video games without having a Black Lives Matter landing page. You're right, it is true. They would have been treated differently. And that's part of the anger as well. We have people storming the Capitol yesterday and all I see are things like domestic terrorists and traitors and sedition. And this is a sad day for America. Where were you all when Black Lives Matter was ruining people's lives? You were clapping. And that gets worse from here. It'll be four more years of that race-baiting crap. And it's building an anger that I'm trying to explain to people because I'm trying to avoid anybody getting hurt. And people don't seem to be listening. They're mad at me for being the one bringing the the warning, I'm telling you right now, reform these cultural institutions or this gets worse from here. Worse from here. That guy is sharp. Sharp as can be. He has a show called I'm Right on the 1st every single night, 9 o'clock Eastern. I'm not, look, this is not about me. I'm just saying I would watch every episode if I were you. What, Chris? What? Back to the question at hand. The question was, seems like an hour ago when I read the question. The question was, why does communist educational indoctrination not work in actual commie countries? Commie education works so well here in America because we're wealthy. Historically, the people who push communism come from well-to-do families. They are the rich, and they're the ones who end up leading those movements. When you're in a communist country, you're surrounded, surrounded by how crappy it is. You're immersed in it. So it's not appealing to you. You grow up accepting that everything you're pushed, everything you're told is a lie. You, you know that. That's part of your upbringing. So when you go sit down in a classroom, it's not like American kids who are told, go in, sit down, don't talk in class, don't argue back. Whatever the teacher says is right, blah, blah, blah. They don't teach that to their kids in commie countries. They teach them, go there, sit down, shut your mouth, and everything they're telling you is a bunch of crap. It's because of how the parents are guiding their kids. That's why. My kids know. They know. 
I don't want them arguing with their teachers. Don't be disruptive in the classroom. But don't you dare believe everything your teacher says. Don't you dare believe it. You go think for yourself. You go find out for yourself. Question everything. If you teach your kids to be a good little sheep, then they're going to grow up and be a good little sheep. And that's just a fact. That's just a fact. All right, moving on. Dear Dr. Jesse, the 2024 anti-communist party nominee for president of the United States. You have a small business that is making money and being run with discipline and efficiency that would make your old first sergeant smile. But some of your valuable employees have moved on to do their own thing. And you have to hire new people. Other than your standard interview application and background check, what else do you look for? Do you hire an investigator to go through their online history to find out if if they are leftist? Do you think this is going to be normal on both sides going forward? Also, your merch drops, so on and so forth. All right, here's the thing. One, I would 1,000% hire somebody, especially a small business where employees are few and so valuable. I mean, they can... They can they can either kneecap you or launch you to the next level. I would 100% spend the money, hire an investigator, and find out every single thing I could know about that person. Two, social media, people are so stupid about it, but that can be used to your advantage. People are out there all the time vomiting their every thought on social media. I can't believe the things people put out there on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. And just stupid things, too. Ugh, I can't believe this line at Starbucks. That's, that's, that's just the thought you keep to yourself. That's not, that's not something you broadcast to everybody. But there's a tremendous value in that. If you're going to go look at somebody's thought vomit, it can really tell you what they're about. And lastly, this is not my idea. Uh, I heard about this a long time ago. I know it's still in practice today. Companies thinking about hiring somebody for something important, they will take them out to dinner. Not for the conversation, to see how they interact with the staff. Companies will check on people when they're sitting in the lobby waiting for their interview. How does that person treat the wait staff? How does that person treat your receptionist? That's who that person really is. If they're Johnny polite and charming to you and the waiters, hey, I already ordered my fries, you idiot. Hurry up. And where's the water? And you turn and run for the hills from that guy. Because how you treat people you don't have to treat well is who you really are. All right, we have more Ask Dr. Jesse questions, lots of them. I'm going to try to pick up the pace here. Dang it. Hang on. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. 
Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Still get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in, jesse at jessekellyshow.com or 877-377-4373. I used Madagascar yesterday and somebody wrote in an email saying, I love that you chose Madagascar and didn't choose the one export they're most known for. I don't know anything about Madagascar, but to get this though, this lady says vanilla beans are almost exclusively grown there. It's their main and only export. I had no idea. I had no idea. What did I say they make made yesterday? Cinnamon or something? It was just an example. I didn't know. I went to community college, okay? I don't know stuff. You have to understand. Everything I talk about for four hours a day, three on the radio, an hour on TV, I'm just making it up. I'm just making it all up. I promise you one thing. You will never get accuracy here. Not on this show. <laughs> all right. Quit. Focus. Greetings, swanky Shogun. <laughs> Talking about the New Year's party, a fancy New Year's party I went to. Would you ever debate a hardcore leftist publicly? If you would, who would it be? AOC, Ilhan Omar, Kamala. Oh, yeah. I love debates. See, uh, debates were my thing. When I ran for Congress... They would always, they would, especially in the primary, they would take polls of the audience after the, the, the debates to see who won. And I was always, you know, up against a bunch of other Republicans. I won every single one of them by a mile, like by a mile. Debates were something I did well. Now, that's not, that's not, that's not anything good about me. I just, that, I do well in that environment. A, a combative environment like that is where I, I, do, I do pretty well. I do that. So it would be fun. I don't know that it would be productive, especially with AOC. I mean, with all due respect, she's an idiot. What, what am I supposed to – where's even the challenge in that? You destroy AOC and what do you gain from it? Nothing. So, I mean, I would. I would. Who knows? You know what you need, though, Chris? It would actually be a fun event. Start doing them. Hold on. I just had a thought. I just had a thought on air. What if we start like a, almost like a boxing league, but for political debates and we start doing these, I mean, I mean, for, for, for politicians, pundits, anything, and we start doing them and we have people square off. This is a great idea. Hear me out here. This is a great idea. You get some TV network. My TV network network would probably air them. Don't make them too long because attention spans just aren't that anymore. But have a moderator. 
have, you know, well, my TV network's probably way too far to the right to have the, the leftists ever agree to do it, but find as unbiased a TV place as you could possibly find, which I don't even know where that would be, and do a, do a debate like league like that. I think it'd be awesome. I mean, of course, I'd be the champion, but I think it'd be uh, what? Riz? I would be. You don't know anything. Dear all powerful Dr. Shogun. It seems that every state's political scene has its own quirks and unique aspects. Massachusetts, for instance, leans blue, but usually has a liberal Republican governor. What about Texas have you found to be notable and interesting? Different brand of Republicans or Democrats, local issues? Here's what's funny about Texas. Uh, Texas is, there's a real independent spirit here, actually, on both sides. There's just something about living in Texas. There's a real independent spirit here. Um, our Mexicans are very conservative here in this state. Uh, nationally, people think of Hispanic immigration and they think it all goes democratic. And there's certainly a lot to that in places like California and whatnot. There's no question about that. In Texas, that is not the case. More than half my friends are Mexicans and they are, they are far right of, well, I, there is no such thing as far right of me, but some of these guys are right of me. And actually, I was having dinner last night with a couple Mexican buddies of mine, my buddy Luis and one of his friends. And we were talking about politics and the demographics and why these people vote this way and these people vote that way. And we got to talk about Mexicans. And he said, are we allowed to talk like this, Chris? Oh, who cares? Like, like they're not used to it at this point in time. But they were telling me Mexicans in the future and really Hispanics in general. I mean, not, I realize they're not all Mexicans. Hispanics in general, the Latino culture is going to be drifting more Republican in the future. Why? Culture. It's not that they're becoming more Republican. It's that the left is becoming so radicalized on cultural issues that that Latino people in general are not going to sign up for. You roll out your brand, brand new... LGBTQ transgender soccer star and have her speaking at your your convention. Okay, that works really well with your college base. A large part of a Latino culture that, that can be heavily Catholic, heavily family-oriented, they look at that and they're all, uh, no. Uh, that's going to be a no for me. So you're going to see that. I, I would say that's one of the big things about Texas. Another thing, though, is... A lot of our laws are religious-based, which in general I'm very much for because all laws are really religious-based. It just depends on what religion you're using. But we do have some dumb ones like you can't buy hard alcohol on Sunday. You can buy beer after – I think it's after noon. You can buy beer, but you can't buy hard alcohol. What idiot came up with that? What – I mean, look – if you're going to drink, you're going to drink. What idiot came up with that? That's just stupid, but it is what it is. Dear Shogun Steel, the most humble sombrero Jesse. A few weeks ago, you talked about cops not needing to alienate the few friends they had left. Do you think they alienated their friends the other day when they killed Ashley Abbott in cold blood? Big fan of the show. Thanks for what you do. I think I think cops enforce the laws they're told to enforce. And I think because this is the social media era, 
where everybody's so connected now and you can see so many things instantly. I think it's going to be a rough time for cops and cops' reputations going forward as the left continues to cinch down their control, especially in major cities. You're going to have not just cops enforcing their orders. You're going to have cops enforcing their orders on camera. You're going to have cops putting people in handcuffs for violating COVID rules. That's not good. That's not good. You saw the other day there was actually a pro-cop rally where people on the right showed up with the thin blue line American flag. They they were on the cop's side. And the Black Lives Matter counter-protesters showed up. And the cops cracked down on the thin blue line guys and let the Black Lives Matter guys go. And they did it so much, the thin blue line flag people on the right threw their flags on the ground and stomped on them and were saying things like blank the police and stuff like that. I mean, look, I've argued with Michael Malice a thousand times because I'm so pro-cop because every cop I know is such a solid dude and they get blamed for everything when it's not their fault. But I, So I've always argued with Malice, who's totally anti-cop. I think I'm right. I think he's wrong to a point I think the future is in his hands, though. I think the future is going to make him look really, really right, and it's going to make me look really, really wrong. But like everything else, like I talked about earlier in the show, it's going to depend on location a lot, too. I mean, the big city, uh, the D.C. police doing one thing doesn't mean your local sheriff in uh, rural Oklahoma is doing the same. He's probably squared away. His deputy's probably great dudes. Location's going to mean a lot in the future. All right. I'm stuck in the frozen tundra of an island, apparently. We'll go through it in just a second. No word in English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You are still sending in your stupid things you've done while under the influence of alcohol emails, and they are hysterical. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You idiots. I love you. 
Dear Oracle Steel Sombrero Jesse. <laughs> oh, boy. It was Mardi Gras in Mobile, Alabama, early 2000s. My roommate, his cousin, and myself started drinking early in the afternoon. Always a bad idea. And then went to Mardi Gras and then went to a Mardi Gras ball with free booze and then to a bar afterwards. Oh boy. About 3:30 a.m. we start to leave the bar looking like newborn giraffes on the way down the stairs. My room with 3:30 a.m. after starting in the afternoon. That's like 12 hours. That makes my liver hurt just thinking about it. My roommate's cousin is in the front of the pack as we head downstairs. I'm 6'4. My roommate is 6'5 and his cousin 6'2 and was a weightlifting junkie. This will matter to the rest of the story. We head down the stairs, cousin in front, myself in the middle, and roommate behind me. When the cousin reaches the bottom of the staircase, there stands a midget just outside of the door bar, uh, of the bar preaching. As the midget preaching, okay? As the midget sees us stumbling down the stairs, he turns to my cousin and says, "Repent, or God will turn you on or turn you on your ear." I hear this and laugh, but my roommate behind me only hears "Turn on your ears" and begins to scream that no one is going to turn his cousin on his ear as he's pushing me downstairs to get to the midget. Security security in the bar acts quickly and ushers out the door onto the street in downtown Mobile. Apparently, the midget preacher had another midget buddy waiting on the streets, and things escalated quickly. Lots of screaming, especially from the drunk midget. The Wait, drunk midget preachers? Why are the preachers drunk? All right. My roommate at this point is ready to fight. The midget preacher is willing to oblige, and I'm trying to de-escalate the situation so we don't spend Mardi Gras in jail. I finally step in between my roommate and the midget preacher and start to usher my roommate away from the situation. He starts trying to push me off him, so I lower my shoulder and push him into the brick wall, bear-hugging him around the waist, holding on for dear life. My roommate is leaning over my back, screaming at the midget, pointing his finger in his face. Finally, the midget preacher takes one step closer as my roommate is leaning down over me, and BAM! Punches my six foot five roommate right in the face and then runs off. <laughs> I turn the roommate loose now because I'm ready to fight too and he's gone. My roommate looks at me, pushes me, and screams, I just got punched by a midget and it's your fault. <laughs> we still laugh about that to this day. Love the show. And he said, Feel free to use my name, Travis. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> ah, well, this may be our last show on the air. I will never understand why this show continues to grow. All right, it's still an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Dr. Shogun, or you know what? Actually, I have to talk about this really quick. Really quick, you know I don't do much politics on Friday. Headline from Breitbart.com, Barack Obama blames conservative media ecosystem after Trump supporters storm the Capitol. Remember what I've told you about leftists. 
conservative media ecosystem. They own the entire culture and the fact that a few conservative TV networks exist and some conservative radio shows exist drive them crazy, absolutely crazy. All leftists see are things they haven't taken over yet. And don't forget how leftists were talking about violence. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Yeah, you would have well, been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mm-hmm. How about that? They're, the left is under the impression now, and you're seeing this all over the place, as Donald Trump gets run off of social media, he's already been uh, banned indefinitely from Facebook and Instagram, I think. Twitter has suspended him, so on and so forth. What you're going to see is them doubling down on every single thing that will make this worse. They are desperate. The system itself. It's more than just the left, too. It's half the people on the right. The system is desperate to never have a Trump-like figure happen again. He was a system shocker. Not perfect, not by any means. He had real problems, but it was a shock to the system. The system now is going to try to do everything it can do to make sure that never happens again. They, they are going to have Trump PTSD now that they're over Trump derangement syndrome. And every step they take to make sure Trump will never happen again is going to guarantee that we get another Trump. And the next guy... The next guy's going to make Donald Trump look like a cuddly little puppy. 
That's a fact. They're going to spend the next four years using all the power at their disposal to punish you for what you did. They're going to run you off social media. We have statement after statement after statement from America's corporations today condemning what happened at the Capitol. Big corporations, the major ones. They never said a word except for support of Black Lives Matter when they were doing it. The corporate world has you surrounded. The education world, media, the entire Democrat Party, half the Republican Party, and they're going to spend the next four years poking and prodding and needling at the people And it's going to make everything worse. And that's what stinks. All right. We have some Anderson Cooper audio you're going to have to hear. And I have to go to this frozen island. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Remember that. Write it down. Go there now. And I think there's some confusion out there when it comes to CBD, for those unaware of it. It isn't just one thing. You have a variety of different products for whatever you want. They have muscle creams, lip balms. They have the full-spectrum CBD oil. You have options depending on what ails you. And natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, these things are known. They're known to help alleviate these things that get after us. And that's why I've chosen CBD. The truth is I put too many man-made chemicals in my body. I need as much natural as I can possibly get. And you'll find all the best CBD products, all of them at DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. Each of these people should be shamed for what they have done today. We should look at their faces, and if I was standing on that street, look at them. They're high-fiving each other for this deplorable display of of completely unpatriotic, completely against law and order, completely unconstitutional behavior. It's stunning, and they're going to go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to the Holiday Inn that they're staying at and the Garden Marriott and... They're going to have some drinks, and they're going to talk about the great day that they had in Washington, and they really did something and stand up for something. They're always telling you what they think of you, aren't they? Go back to the Olive Garden, peasant. By the way, Olive Garden is legit. I'm not huge on the regular menu. I mean, look, nothing nothing lives up to Red Lobster. But those breadsticks in Olive Garden, oh, my gosh, they're so good. And when you get that, they have that Italian dressing. It's like the best Italian dressing ever. You dip the breadsticks in the Italian dressing. Best thing you've ever eaten in your life. Why do you look so confused, Chris? Why do I have to teach you everything? 
What do you mean, what Italian dressing? What's wrong with you? Is it not kosher or something? You've never seen the Italian dressing at Olive Garden? They're famous for it. They sell it by the bottle now, bro. You have got to go. I swear, maybe we're going. We might go after the show today. You have got to go to Olive Garden. And look, it's not like I'm a big salad guy. I mean, I guess I enjoy a tossed salad as much as the next man. It's just that I'm not a big salad. Not a big salad guy, but a tossed salad in, in Olive Garden's Italian dressing. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's the best. You get the soup instead of the salad? Are you 90 years old? Are you, what is wrong with you? You are so lame. You don't, I, it's exhausting how much I have to teach you. Get the salad. Or you know what? Okay, I take this back. Maybe you're not a salad guy. Get your stupid soup next time, but get a side of the dressing so you can dip your breadsticks in the dressing while you eat your soup. Good enough? Fair enough? I don't know if it'll cost extra, Chris, but if so, it's like 50 cents. Please just, oh, I can't do this anymore. can't do this. All right. You heard Anderson Cooper. That was unpatriotic. They had no right. Well, that's weird because I remember the media talking like this during the Black Lives Matter protests. I want to be clear in how I characterize it. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that. This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and, and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. Hmm. That's weird. Oh, yeah. Look, we know what the deal is here. It's not the hypocrisy. It's not that. The deal is this. They thought all the violence committed against you was justified because they think anything that happens to you is justified. Remember, you're a Nazi. You're a white supremacist. That's why they call you that. What what can't you do to a Nazi? You can do whatever you want to a Nazi, right? Your conscience will allow you to do whatever you want. Nazi, 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 white supremacist, white supremacist, white supremacist. Well, you deserve any violence they can pour on you. Them? Oh, no, what? No, they're the good guys. 
No, you can't. Don't do anything to them. That's not right. It's open season on you. They're sacred. And by the way, it was weird when Pelosi talked earlier in the show about the Capitol building being a temple of our democracy. Go screw yourself. I like the Capitol building, too. I think our monuments and stuff like that in D.C., I think it's cool the way the founders laid the city out. I'm not, I'm not dissing on the Capitol. The temple of our democracy, come on now. Come on. These people are so in love with themselves. And I know because I'm in love with myself. These people, they, they think they are the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> I swear. All right. We have one more thing. Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Joe Biden considering trying to pass an anti-domestic terrorism bill. I don't think you have to think very hard on where that's going to be aimed. Believe me when I tell you, they're going to make sure Antifa and Black Lives Matter are in no way affected by that. And speaking of which, to wrap up here, where are the arrests of them? They were all cut loose. All right, you know, we're not dwelling on that. If you missed any part of the show today, including the beginning, a nice ancient Roman battle, the Battle of Philippi, you can catch it. The whole show is podcasted right after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave a review discussing how handsome I am. It's critical to the future of the show. Critical. All right? Keep your chin up. Have a good weekend. Don't let this politics stuff get you down all weekend. Life is too short. It was a great Ask Dr. Jesse Friday today, mostly because of me. That's all.
The Jesse Kelly Show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.